The date is July 2nd, and our scripture for this date is Luke chapter 14, verses 26, 27, and 33, where Luke records these words of the Lord Jesus Christ. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. As a young Christian, I remember reading these words of our Savior for the very first time and having my sensibilities challenged by them. Could it really be that the one who came because God so loved the world would be issuing a call to hate? More than that, his call is to hate those we are most inclined to love, our family, and of course even our own selves. The more I thought about these verses, the more deeply bothered I was, so I simply decided to dismiss them from my mind placing them in that category of things I wouldn't understand this side of heaven. And I moved on to the things that I could understand. Of course, the thing about the gospel is that the longer you walk with Christ and the more deeply you study his word, the more invasive he becomes. You realize that your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ can never be partitioned off or compartmentalized into some smaller segment of your life. Many who claim they're Christians try to do just that with results that reveal the folly of trying to segregate the boundless life of the eternal I am into some corner of their tiny personal universe. In his letter to the church at Colossae, the Apostle Paul said, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It's interesting to note that Paul doesn't say, Christ, who is a part of your life, or even Christ, who's an important part of your life. Rather, what he says is essentially this. The you you used to be doesn't even exist anymore. In fact, it's so completely hidden that Jesus is all there is. In God's economy, that's the deal. And on one level, we should be very glad that it's that way. I take great comfort in the fact that when the eternal God of the universe looks on me, the flaws and the imperfections of my life being what they are, then, as Paul says, those things are hidden with Christ. But to the observing world around me, they see something quite different. They see me, sometimes a good me, sometimes a not-so-good me, sometimes a kind and generous me, sometimes a harsh and greedy me, sometimes a me that's on mission for the kingdom of God, other times a me that's pursuing a personal agenda that does not appear to track in the least with that which God would call me to do. When the Lord Jesus told his listeners that day that they should bear their cross, we should be very careful not to miss exactly what it was that he was saying. To them, the cross was not an object of jewelry. It was an instrument of death. So his call for them then, as it is for us now, is to engage in an activity of life that essentially puts to death all that we are and all that we love that transcends the love we have for our Savior. In his narrative for this date, Pastor Chambers, speaking of the Christian life, used the term moral spontaneous originality. I really like that expression. It implies that Christians, authentic Christians, should be those who are prepared to do the unexpected when God lays it on their heart to do so. That may, of course, include even hating, in a relative sense of the word, 
those we're called to love and care for, and even to place on a cross everything we love about this world because of our passion and devotion to Him who gave Himself for us.